You're listening to the Shared Value Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Shared Value Project and the Shared Value Initiative. It's a place where leaders from around the world talk about the business of solving social issues. Hi everyone, it's Lee McDougall from IAG here and I'm in Boston at the Shared Value Leadership Summit and I'm really fortunate to be joined today by Nicole Trimble who's Managing Director of Talent Rewire. Nicole, thanks for joining me. Yeah, I'm grateful to be here, thanks. So I'm going to ask you a a few questions so that we can Mm -hmm. learn a bit more about Talent Rewire. So I guess for a start, if you could just talk to us about what Talent Rewire is. (laughs) So Talent Rewire is a community of pioneering employers who are working with us to change their practices specifically around their frontline and lower income employees. So what is it that they can do around their benefits, their scheduling, their pathway programs to recruit, retain, and advance populations that might have traditionally had barriers to employment. And we do this through a couple of different ways. We do a couple of different convenings, but our foundational program is something that's the Talent Rewire Lab or Innovation Lab, where companies work together for nine months to pilot a small innovation, and we help them figure out both the return on investment socially and and financially of of that change that they're making for their frontline workforce. Sounds like a fantastic initiative. I mean, could you give us an example of a company that's gone through that process and the innovation that they've come out of? Yeah. So that's a great question. Some of the some of the companies come in with like no idea, and some come in with something that's a little bit baked, and they need some help getting it better. And so Tyson Foods, um, which is poultry and uh, processing, uh, they came because they have a they have a really large frontline workforce. Those are really hard jobs with really high turnover. And many of their employees are immigrants and refugees, people who were formerly incarcerated, and they were looking at ways that they could support their employees and both retain them and advance them. And so they started this really amazing program called Upward Academy, where they're providing financial literacy, English as a second language, um, high school equivalency classes, and citizenship classes to these frontline employees, sometimes paying them even to go. And what they found was that there was a 123% return on investment by providing wow. these trainings, right? Mm-hmm. I know it's, in some ways it makes sense because people feel invested in, they feel cared for, and they're able to do things like call in when they're sick, go to a doctor's appointment, figure out how to save a little bit of money to weather, weather a storm. And so... The really exciting thing is that Tyson is now going to scale this program because, you know, we say pilot, like small is all, small is beautiful. So they tried it small, and now they're going to scale it to almost, four, I think, 40 of their plants, all of their plants in the United States for all of their frontline workers. That's incredible and a great example. In terms of the work that you've done to date, have you had any of the programs that have been developed actually scaled and have you seen that? Actually, 100% of the companies who've been through the program have either scaled or have intention to scale, which is just mind-blowing. We thought it would be like 50%, but it goes to show that like that proof of concept and that idea of like giving somebody an incubated time to just like noodle on something and fix it a mm. little bit and and not have to go big and be on a stage and, and talk about it for a while and to get support from other, so it's mostly um, human resources and operations leaders who come. These are internal people who don't get a lot of opportunity to work with other leaders outside of their company. And so that opportunity to get the peer support from other companies is is really instrumental in motivating them too. Yeah. 
What drives the companies to get involved in the first place? Is there is it leadership or is it the employees? Like, how does that come That's about? A really good question. It's really it's really different reasons for everybody. But for us, if they're not doing it for a business reason, and this goes back to the shared value concept, if it's just a charity reason, we try to talk them into doing something different. It doesn't make sense. So they generally come to us with a business pain point. It might be a lot of them come because they think it's a recruitment challenge, but it's actually a retention challenge that they're having. Some of them come because they realize that they have a diversity and inclusion challenge and that they're not able to retain or advance people from different backgrounds. And so, some of them come because they they really want to figure out like a new pathway program or how do we train people better, how do we advance people better. So they come mm-hmm. with a pain point, and, and that's actually a requirement to come with a pain point. When Talent Rewire was started then, so you've talked Mm -hmm. about things like coming with that pain point, so that Mm -hmm. business need, and you've talked about scaling. Was shared value the concept that was used to develop Talent Rewire, or was it just played out in that way over time? It was, and so I um, led corporate responsibility and uh, public affairs at a company, and when I did that, I actually got transferred. Uh, I was working for the CEO for a while, and then a new CEO came in, and I was transferred to HR, and at the time, I might have thought it was like the worst thing that had ever happened to me professionally. I'm like, I am not an HR professional. <laughs> but actually, it was the best thing that ever happened to me, because I realized that the that there's just so much potential. Like the next frontier, I think, of shared value is in workforce and in human resources. Like how do we invest in our own employees? That how you know we, we can invest in the communities, but if our employees aren't happy, healthy, strong, if our employees don't see feel like they're seen, heard, and loved, yeah. why, why move outside our four walls? And so um, quite honestly, Bobby Sultan, who's the who's the managing director of the Shared Value Initiative, was my, when I ran um, Corporate Responsibility, she was my Shared Value crush because the work she was doing at Gap was, was so inspiring to me. And so that was really three, four years ago before I knew Bobby personally, that was my inspiration for Talent Rewire. That's an incredible journey that you've been on. And I guess then I'm interested, so Talent Rewire sits within FSG? It does. does It it sits within FSG. We're like the Shared Value Initiative and that we're an initiative within FSG. Ah, okay. And uh, the Shared Value Initiative and Talent Rewire have just started to share some staff because we realize it really, Talent Rewire is shared value in action. And so those same concepts of being good for business and being good for society um, that the staff needs, we're able to cross-pollinate a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if you went, there was a, a room to here that was about gender equality and women women in, in, in retail. That was a lot of my team that helped set that up. We worked with, with the Shared Value Initiative to do that, and the consulting team did the research on that. And so it's yeah. really a, a mix of all of FSG's assets to get this work done. Yeah. yeah. And is Talent Rewire profit-making then? No, no, it's not. It's And it's actually a really important piece of it is that it's philanthropically underwritten. And so when the companies come to the Innovation Lab, they pay only about $5,000 US dollars to, to attend. And we do that because the market isn't quite there for this. Like there, there isn't quite the appetite. Our hope is that the big consulting firms, the Deloitte's and the McKinsey's pick this up at some point. But right now it's philanthropically underwritten. And our, our major um, funders at this point are the Walmart, or Walmart and Walmart Foundation, as well as the Rockefeller Foundation. Okay. Yeah. We were in a conversation yesterday um, with regards to the SDGs, the Mm -hmm. Sustainable Development Goals, and that's of um, great interest to our listeners. Uh, 
you mentioned that it's not sort of overtly something that you you have within the framing of Talent Rewire, but it is something that you're helping to contribute to. Have you got some thoughts on that? Yeah, so the, the goal around decent work, yeah. this is what this is about. It's about decent work and economic mobility and economic development. And so decent work is at the foundation of economic development. If people don't have jobs and good jobs, communities yeah. don't thrive. And so we have um, helped companies report on this work within yeah. within that indicator, yeah. And are you providing support? So you talked earlier in one of your examples around the, the positive outcomes mm-hmm. for the business and the employees. Are you providing yeah. support for that measurement um, of value as well? So during that nine months, a member of my team is like a coach to the company and they meet every couple of weeks and they help with everything from stakeholder engagement to return on, return on investment analysis to communications. And so we, we, we don't... We believe that they have to do the work. In many ways, we're holding the space and coaching them. Um, but it's been amazing to us. Like they're really willing to like share their data with us and dig in with us. And one of the things that we do is we help them really look at their data and know who their their employees are. Mm-hmm. Um, it's surprising how many employers haven't looked at their retention and advancement data by race by gender and definitely not by socioeconomic status and although we don't have a great indicator for that we use our zip codes our postal codes to help them figure out how many of their employees are low income how many of their employees may be people who actually need some different types of benefits and support and that's been a game changer when when they actually see the makeup of their employees and who is leaving and who's staying and who's being advanced and that it often does fall along racial and gender lines and and how can they address those things yeah that links closely I guess to a lot of the thinking that we're doing on organizations around I guess the complexity and change we're faced with and what that Mm -hmm. means for the future of our workforce yeah what are you seeing come through in terms of trends and how this program is supporting companies to be ready for that yeah, I mean, the, the future of work is all the buzz. Like, the robots are taking over, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, we, and we know when the self-driving cars and the robots take over, the people who have um, who are the lowest income and who have the jobs that are the, the most usually automated will be hit first. Um, and we're helping companies think about what does it mean to not just lay those people off and think about Because it's not that jobs are going away. It's that jobs are changing. And what does it mean to hire for learning, how higher that for people you can invest in and build their skills for when these jobs do change. And so you might be hiring somebody in retail now to be doing customer service and, and you don't realize you you know that they're gonna have need more digital skills in ten years. And so what does it mean to be investing in them now mm-hmm. so that they have the digital skills to be retail of the future? Excellent. And um, just my final question is, I guess for all the practitioners who are listening to this, what advice would you give them in terms of them thinking about Mm. implementing shared value in the work they do? Yeah, it's it's a we have some pillars. One of them is, um, like I said, small is all. Small is beautiful. Pilot small and figure it out, um, and and so maybe be subversive. Right? You don't have to tell everybody about it. Like what what yeah. Tyson did was really under the radar. The other thing I really believe is, you know, it's a, it's a Senge, a Peter Senge principle that. The, in, the inter- intervention is only as good as the interior state of the intervener. So get clear on why you're doing this. Are you doing this because you deeply care about your employees? Are you doing this because you deeply care about your communities? Because that's going to shape 
what it looks like. Um, and so we ask people to do some real work around that because th- this work often has to do with poverty and mindsets and to get really clear about some of the mindsets that have to shift around how we value that frontline mm-hmm. workforce that's often been seen as expendable. That's incredible. Thanks, Nicole, for that advice. I'm going to take that on board myself. Thanks for asking. It's been a real pleasure to speak to you today and hear the story of Talent Rewire and the great impact it's having, um, both socially and economically. And we'll look forward to seeing how that model translates, hopefully globally over time as well. I love that. What a dream. Thank you so much for asking. And thanks for having me. Thanks, Nicole. Uh